say it's suffice, we're basically saying it's enough. So insufficiency is the fear of not having enough. Mm-hmm. Because our society trains us to think that we should have more than enough. There it is. And then we'll be secure. That's it. Right? So when we don't have more than enough, we're already anxious because mm. we're Come afraid on. we're going to we're going to run <gasps> out. Oh. So, for instance, the world says you shouldn't rent. You should own your house. You should right. be paying right. off a mortgage. Yeah. But if God, if you trust God to supply rent every month, mm-hmm. right, you're in a better place than someone who's sitting back saying, well, I own the home, you know, I'm, I'm going to sit back. I don't have to exercise faith anymore. Now, we've, neither one is wrong and neither one is perfectly right either. Mm-hmm. Whether you own a home or whether you rent a home, if you're not relying on God to be your supply, there's a problem. Because, mm. you know, like we rent at the moment in the United States. Now, I don't always like that on a practical level. Yeah. But as long as God is supplying our need, that suffice. It doesn't matter whether I own it or I don't, as long as God, I trust God to supply my need. So the fear or the insufficiency is when you fear that God is not going to give us enough to you know, make ends meet. Mm. And so society in a big way pumps that, you know, and, and that's why we have to not think like the world, we have to walk by faith, faith to buy or faith to rent or faith to just believe, you know, what God is saying is suffice. So it's it's a personal walk. You know, what one thinks is a good thing or a faith thing might be different for someone else. Yeah. For instance, we have people in our fellowships in Sydney and here who rent or who own homes. You know, and and people are paying off cars and, there's you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Ultimately, we'd like to own everything that God gives us because, yeah. you know, the scripture says uh, the lender is is the servant to the, uh, the other way around. Yeah. The borrower mm-hmm. is a servant to the lender. We don't want to be the tail. Mm-hmm. But God gives grace. We have to grow into that kind of faith. So I think just society in general promotes this fear of insufficiency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to add, I think insufficiency also comes because we haven't settled into sufficiency. Mm. And so because we're not used to being sufficient, which comes from always wanting to live in the more than enough. It's funny, the world tells us that we need more than enough. But yeah, the scripture says that in Christ Jesus, we have been supplied with more than enough. So Mm. it's really also a choice of our independence, Mm. because where do you want your more than enough to come from? Mm. Are you looking for it to come from the world or are you looking for it to come from the Lord? And so you can't have more than enough from the Lord and then have the more than enough from the world. They don't, they don't mix. It's like yeah. oil and water. So I think a lot of us, including myself, I think a lot of us try to focus that more than enough on the worldly perspective. We equate success with money, with, you know, accumulating things, uh, you know, relationships even, and then... We don't even let the Lord show us what he's already given us to keep us sufficient and content. Mm-hmm. And so um, the enemy always has us thinking that the grass is greener on the other side. True. And then we don't, you know, realize that what we have right now is what we are actually meant to have. I had to get this. And I really believe that once I got this to do with my own personal situation, of living here in America, I was always telling the Lord, Lord, I want to have this. Lord, I want to have what you've promised. And 
he, he led me to that scripture and it was a difference take on it. I won't give you more than you can handle. And when I read that scripture, I've always read it from like a temptation kind of context. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, yeah, you won't give me more trial. You won't give me more, you know, um, temptation from the enemy than I can handle. But through a journal, he said to me, no, Nathan, I won't give you more anything than you can handle. Meaning I won't give you more blessing than you can handle. Because what is right now is what's best for you. Mm -hmm. And when you can reconcile with that in your heart, then you become happy with the sufficient part of where you are. The Lord can do such a healing because you're not always looking to have, you know, the next. The world is looking for the next big thing all the time. You know, but um, it really helped me to understand. uh, It's just my mic. It's a it really helped me to understand um, whatever circumstance I'm in, whatever um, blessing I'm walking in right now, God has given me that. Yeah. And he has determined that that is what is enough for this season. Mm-hmm. And until he changes the season, <coughs> that's my enough. Sorry. So I used to say, like, you know, I want to make more money. I want to, you know, um, and there's nothing wrong with ambition and there's nothing wrong with, like, you know, wanting to excel. But you have to excel at the speed of the Lord. Yeah. So Pastor said it tonight. If you move ahead of God, you'll miss the best. Because mm-hmm. you would have settled for something that you thought was good, but good is not good enough for him. And so I think a lot of the fear of insufficiency pushes us to step out prematurely and take things out of God's hands. The fear of not being prepared, the fear of not having enough, the fear of never being enough, not, not just so much insufficiency yeah. in acquiring things, yes. but in ourselves, yeah. Yeah. the fear of not being enough moves us to quickly like jerk the hand of the Lord and say, do it now. Mm. Like, you know, yeah. and, uh, and then to finish my comment, we always end up not getting the best when we do that. I think it's interesting, you know, your perspective on that, too, because I feel like, like you were saying, because we've never really experienced what sufficiency is, I think sometimes sufficiency can look like settling in that context. Yeah. Where we, too, then don't value the sufficiency of the Lord Mm. uh, and what he's given in the capacity that he's given so, again, we step out prematurely because of that as well. True. Um, Pastor Wendell brought out, out of Luke 12, a rich man had his fields, you know, get a bumper crop. And he thought to himself, this is a story Jesus was telling, I'm going to sit back, I'm going to build extra barns, I'm going to have more than enough, so I'm going to sit back and take it easy, which is the way the world really teaches us to think. Yeah. You know, we've got more than enough, sit back, I won't have to work anymore. And then the Lord says, you fool, your life is required of you tonight. See? And so because we don't know exactly what the future has, we trust, you know, the Lord will give us what we need. Um, I believe God gets a lot more out of the saint that's living, say, day by day, week by week, month by month with trusting him Mm -hmm. than the saint that has no financial sort of stress at all. And we got to use finances because that's what we, that touches everybody. Yeah. And it represents <laughs> so much. We all go to work so that we can earn our keep and have suffice, enough. Yeah. Okay. 
pay the rent or pay the mortgage or pay the food, pay the whatever we got to pay. Yep. Right? There's no such thing as, you know, something costing you nothing. Whatever we get, someone's paid for it somewhere down the track. Ultimately, God. Oh, my gosh. That's so, true. Um, do, we, do we know what tomorrow is going to be exactly like? No. Now, again, I'm not saying this to bring any condemnation on anyone who owns or, you know, has more than enough because there are plenty of believers who have more than enough. Yeah. Mm. Right? They don't trust God so much like others who have to rely on that week to week, month by month, sort of get their bills paid. But they will go through trials in another area. It might be personal, it might be health and whatever. Yeah. And we're not speaking that as a regular thing. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, God has a way of trying to, you know, get you to walk by faith. And remember, fear is, the, is, is really the opposite of faith. Mm. So we, we've, we've moved to America 10 years ago, right? We came from a place where we had no real um, trial with where we stayed and, and so forth. But we literally believe the Lord now every single day to keep us going forward. Yeah. And so we're in a far better spiritual place here than we would be in Sydney, say, where mm. things were just taken for granted. Mm -hmm. So now we've got to believe for car spaces. We've got to believe for, you know, the income coming in during I'll this COVID thing. never take a driveway thing. for granted ever again. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we've lost the luxury of, you know, parking in our carport, you know, or in our garage. And now we have to believe the Lord to supply at all hours of the mornings somewhere. And these are the little things that develop faith. And I think that um, one of the things, you're coming from one angle, you're coming yep. from another, you came from another. I'd like to come from the angle of uh, the Lord's side on this one. Mm -hmm. What is the Lord doing in all this? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, in this, in this side of it, it's the Lord bringing uh, an awareness of something that maybe lacks through circumstances, maybe we, we lack faith, and I'm not accusing, but he wants faith involved. He doesn't want us relying upon finances. He wants faith involved. And so on, if, if he needs to, <laughs> he will bring things to the surface. And like I said today, he will squeeze out to yeah. fill up. And he will do that, you see. He will squeeze out of us so that he can fill up more of himself into us. And so that means then it, we're not trusting money, yeah. property, people. And it comes down then to what are we trusting? Relationship with him. Oh, That's what we're trusting. Yeah. And I think what Pastor said is so important. With the squeezing out, he never leaves it unfilled. And then it's in the squeezing out that the fear of the insufficiency attacks. Because we always feel like we're being emptied. And then we always feel like the enemy always throws that lie, you'll be left emptied. And you know? Got to hang then, on. Yeah. And the nature of God is to squeeze out 
to fill us up. So I feel like the Lord is showing us in that squeezing moment, there's a period where a transition takes place. If we don't see that transition through, and if we don't wait that period out, you know, like Pastor Tony once gave a sermon, when something is being done by the Lord, just give it 24 hours. You know, don't rush in. And that's really helped me because sometimes in those periods of squeezing out, I've rushed in to fill the void. Ooh, come on. And yet the filling of the void by my hands has not been the filling that needs to take place. And so... Uh, Hold on, guys. God bless this time. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the filling... We'll get a new mic in the break. So the filling of the void is not the void that the Lord wanted to fill with his content and with his character. So again, I end up feeling insufficient. But I think the squeezing out, we always emphasize the squeezing out. out. Yeah, yeah. The squeezing out leaves us empty. But no, the squeezing out is for a purpose yeah. to fill up. Yeah. It's not to keep us empty. To make us empty. That's not the purpose of the squeezing out. Mm -hmm. The squeezing out mm -hmm. is to fill up. If we didn't get squeezed out, we couldn't get any more in. Yeah. That's true. Oh. Can we add that to the new wine song? Amen. In the squeezing. <laughs> I've, I've found in my walk with the Lord, He creates vacuums and then He wants to fill them. That's mm. it. All right, so yes. he loves filling vacuums because he gets glory from that. Right. That's right. Like with me personally, he's he's said to me a few times now, I can't fill a full bank account. Come on. So to trust God, he says to me, empty your bank account. That's oh, it. I don't know if I could do that. Because you know we all love to budget. So you budget yourself. You say I'll leave this amount for Ugh. this amount and this amount and this amount. And there are times when the Lord just says no. Give all of this to this situation. But Lord, that means I've got nothing. Yeah. Exactly. Now you have to live by faith. Uh, I remember an experience. That is tough. You know how we talk about something being experienced <laughs> to be able to talk about it? Well, this actually happened to us that uh, I think it was for your schooling yeah. uh, that we went to a prophetic conference in uh, Queensland and... Uh, in that, the Lord really spoke to us and it was hard, man, I'm telling you. It was hard because he spoke to us separately that every penny we had in the bank, we had mm. to give. Mm. And what we had in the bank was for our children's education, uh. for Nathan, because we were doing homeschooling with yeah. them yeah. and uh, we took them around the world doing homeschooling. So... This was to get everything we needed to go on that journey. And we were told to put it all in there, every penny. And that was a squeezing out. Man, did that squeeze us. Not in the sense of that we were fighting it, but it was what the Lord wanted. And we both agreed we, had to, we needed to do it. Yeah. And so we did it, but we didn't think, I didn't, I don't know about you, I didn't think every day, wow, oh my, my bank's empty now, my bank account's empty now. I just saw myself, this is what he wants, this is what we do. And then it was only several weeks later that someone 
had been led by the Lord, that didn't know anything about it, who had been led by the Lord. And they were the, our most favourable people too. They were giving us a lot of trials in the yeah. church, this person, this woman, and yet she was called to come and write a cheque and give it to us. And it was ten times, I think, what we oh. gave out. Wow. Ten times the interest. <laughs> something I heard Ani Susu. Hi, Ani Susu. Uh, Ani Celeste say once about a perspective I overheard in a conversation, just sharing when we have the, we need to switch our perspective to um, what we're gaining instead of what we're losing. Because mm -hmm. if we stay stuck on just seeing all the loss. The loss is the thing yes, that we'll, we focus on. Yes, we'll, we'll cause these fears the, the, the loss will cause these fears to come up. Yeah. And it takes a situation to ripen for these, these fears. Yeah, ripen is a word that we don't like. Ripen. Yeah, and the yeah, enemy like can <laughs> use this. Yeah. The enemy will use yeah. this. These are not things that happen every day. It's a special type of thing that comes as a result of the ripening of circumstances. And I think we actually need to start in this new church age because we're talking about not going back. We're talking about experience, not theory. Theory lets the enemy use your life to teach you where you're not at. But experience lets the enemy be used by God to teach you where you are at and where you're going. That's right. Because if you can understand that when you're in that ripening phase, the enemy's going to throw every single thing he can at you because he doesn't want that fruit to come forward. It's in that ripening stage that the attacks of hell usually come full force. Break loose. You know, demonic assignments are cranked <laughs> up from like notch five to notch ten. Wow. And, and we always... We always get thrown off by... I think we need a new mic. Actually, uh, if we could get Tim to get a I think it's XLR a cord. cord. We always... No one's going to stop Another what I'm... Cord. You're not going to stop what I'm saying. We always <laughs> get thrown off in the ripening and the enemy... We get used to listening to the enemy telling us where we're not at. Yes. So you're not here with God. Your relationship with people isn't here. Look at this again. Look where you've fallen again. Look what you're thinking about again. But we don't see that that ripening, like Dr. Robin just said, the ripening is the word that we are afraid of. Yeah. We don't see that actually that's a sign. If Satan is cranking up his attack in my ripening season, I must be ready to bear some fruit. Yeah. Oh, come yeah. on. Yeah. You know, I must yeah. be ready that's to transition. Why, <laughs> that's why we say he meant it for our bad, yeah. but God, God meant it for our good. Yeah. So even though there was... Uh, the potential of it being bad, God went above it. Yeah. And, and it was good. And that scripture, I was, uh, we'll, we'll do it in the break. Thank you, Timmy. That scripture, um, you know, we always, we sang it tonight for tithes and offerings, but we always get to the running over bit, you know. But you've got to be pressed down. Shaken up. You've got to be shaken up to be run over. <laughs> so, you know, we always want the running over because we want to have more than enough. But to get there, I mean, when you press something down, you get squeezed. Things get uncomfortable. Things get squishy. You know, things that were big get compressed. Mm -hmm. So pressing down means the Holy Spirit has to compress some things because the science of it is when you compress something, now you're creating a vacuum 
and the vacuum is now filled by air so that when it expands, it becomes bigger, shaken together. So a lot of the seasons of the pressing down and the shaking together, we get so distracted because we let the enemy tell us, ah, this is correction. This is correction. What have you done? What haven't you done? Rather than like Pastor Tony said, coming from that experiential lifestyle of, wow, Lord, this is me right now being led by you to go to the next level. You know, we look at this shutdown and what has it done? It has brought us to the next level. Oh, yes. definitely has. Yes. You know what I'm yes. saying? It's a move Love of God. I want to say something here. As I was contemplating the shutdown, you know, whatever you want, a confinement, whatever you want, a seclusion, whatever it. you want to call it, seclusion. when I was contemplating it, yeah. you know, you could get so carried away by all that is being said out there to do with what the church could do, what the church can't mm, do, mm. what we're allowed to have, what we're not allowed to have. But I saw that as so positive yeah. because that has brought God's people to a place that nothing but God could bring them to. Come on. Even writing down, even signing in, <laughs> even doing the whole thing. That has just stirred people to come and to fall in love again yeah. with worship, to fall in love with being in church, to fellowship together. All these things, man thought that they're in control of them. God's totally in control of this. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so all this is God saying, this is my work. Mm -hmm. You mm -hmm. can look at it and see negativity, but there's so much positivity in it, so much real in it that I've stirred your hearts, I've made you go after things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've even used the world to cause you to see the importance of things. And so I'm looking at it and I'm aware, but I'm dumbfounded mm. how the Lord used this whole situation. There's nothing negative in it. It's all positive for the church. Wow. That's a big statement. And even as a church, by the grace of God, we, we, we have the testimony that I think two families got affected directly with the COVID-19, mm, but mm. not members relatives of members. We've come out of this trial with basically no one infected, right? Right. No one, right? And we've come out of this trial with everybody having enough finances mm. to carry them for four months. Come on. 100%. Yeah, I could Incredible. not imagine a person without God going through this trial because they would have no hope. They, they would lose their job. They would lose finances. No matter, and no wonder why so many were resorting to suicide because mm. they really got to the end of their rope. Some people have lost their jobs, they won't get them back. Yeah. Mm. We've had hundreds of thousands of companies closed down for good. Like uh, Pastor Nate and myself, part of a gym, it, it will not <laughs> reopen. Oh, wow. This has cost them too much. Wow. And so, you know, there's that story being repeated a thousand times over yeah. just in New York. So, you know, God has been so faithful to us. You know, um, the, mo the moment that um, the, the mayor announced the shutdown, 
I immediately got zero work, zero, not one job. Mm. Okay, because I, I, I depend a lot on, on um, retail sales of furniture and stuff and it stopped immediately. What could I do? I had to stay and believe and I did by the grace of God. We prayed, we trusted the Lord and again, remember, because we live off the gospel, when everybody in the church isn't working, then there's, you know, the possibility, and God overcame this again, of the income mm. not being there. God overtook. Yeah, God overtook with our rent, both for the building and for the house. God did so much. That's crazy. And it's all faith. And that's what he wanted. He, he, he would shut down the whole world to draw even more faith out of his people. Oh, jeez. This is the key. This, I see that. This I is a major key. Major key because there will come a time when we have to believe for everything when the global system is fully impacted on the church. And also um, you saying there'll come a time but this is rehearsal oh. for that time. This is rehearsal for that time. And we just don't get it. We're not getting it. We think, you know, like I, I just I had to hear the Lord say, I'm putting you in rehearsal mm. for mm. the real. You're in rehearsal for the real. So if I can grab God in the middle of this virus and, and, uh, and all these situations, my God, I already gone through certain things to get further ahead. Wow. It's incredible. I want to go back to the, before we go and break, the new church age, because I was just telling uh, someone about this today, about re-looking at the way we use the term review. And I said, you know, maybe we need to start looking at it as direction instead of correction. I said, because when we say correction, it seems so like, oh, my God, I'm, the fear of the Lord is coming upon me if I have to go, you know, talk to pastors and get a rebuke. But I was like, but what's wrong with being wrong? Okay, you're wrong. So be so. Now, the only other way to go moving forward is go right. So get, you know, get corrected, you know, and get directed yep. so you can go right. So I think we need to, we need to, and I've got a new word, which is retrieve. We need to retrieve through this situation, you know. Take this situation and retrieve what God wants us to retrieve in it. Yes. Yes. Retrieve that new mic. We are going to go on break so Pastor Nathan can retrieve a new mic. And you guys can throw in your questions so please, please, please ask, ask, ask um, for your questions. And while we're on break, uh, just give us some testimonies about all the great things that the Lord did while he shut down the world so he could benefit the church. Come down on. The world. He shut down the world. Now we need to retrieve what he, sh- what he did, the benefit go go for break. the church. She's coming, she's coming, she's coming right. in hot. Director John, take us a break. We'll be back shortly. Come in.
we ready? Are we ready? Are we ready? We're just testing out the new mic. The new mic. The new mic. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. No longer a rebuke. We're changing up the term. Gonna make you believe. It's now called a retrieve. Just giving something to the people. step back and let me explain something to you. The word retrieve. Mm. What do I mean by retrieve? I'll tell you what I mean by retrieve. We're always seeing what God's done in this whole situation. Yes. This shutdown, this seclusion, this whatever, confinement. But what have you retrieved from it? What have you retrieved from it? Don't make me dance on the stage. I'm trying to tell you, we, we need Pentecostal to retrieve what God did for us, what he's doing for us, and not just say it, but retrieve it. If it means that he had to shut down everything just for the church, then retrieve what he was doing in it. Oh, oh my gosh. gosh. The you flesh burning has begun. So the work is the word is definite, retrieve it, retrieve it, not just think about it, not just, uh, you know, I heard Pastor Chrissy talk about, uh, you know, knowing the history of something, you know. We need to retrieve what the Spirit is doing in this whole thing, you know, like he's changing people, retrieve, retrieve all this. God wants us to. Otherwise, it was for nothing. Oh, I got kicked in the gut after hearing that. Jeez, little wings. Yeah, I mean, it reminds me about, you know, when we had that phase of, uh, I can't remember the term, about our eight, you know, taking back the land. Yeah, don't break my eight. Yes, and, you know, snatching everything back. <laughs> you know, getting what the locusts have taken up. It's like oh, yeah. all of that is still in effect for this time. I mean, it's interesting because you guys definitely poured into us so much um, just gems from heaven during this season because I don't know how any of us would have even survived as, you know, in the faith um, not being poured into to the magnitude that we had. Yes, the grace of the Lord. We had had the Noah effect, remember, the the ark. We (laughs) talked about the ark just before we went into the lockdown. And then we did the cocoon. Yes. The cocoon. But I think we need to come back to me personally because we're talking about experience. Um, I want to tell you, God retrieved what he did with my son. Mm. He retrieved what he did with my daughter. He retrieved what he did. And so I must follow his example. If he did these things, he did them so that I would retrieve them back. 
My mm. Lord. Wow. I think it's important too, going off Pastor Christie's message, that we, we spoke about this on the way down today, about, you know, um, the time that the children of Israel were meant to be in Egypt, mm. you know, and um, Joseph, when he interprets the dream of Pharaoh, Pharaoh sees two seven-year periods. And I want people to catch on to this. I believe it's my conviction, as as well as Pastor Tony's, um, God was giving Joseph a hint there prophetically of how long he was to stay in Egypt. Yes, that's right. Mm. 14 years was to be the time that they were to retrieve. There we go. Something that had been lost and then move on. Yeah. But see, the danger is when God gives you a period of time to retrieve something, but you uh-huh. live in it. That's when you move from experience to theory. Because now you're not living on the center of the will of God. Now you're just principles. You know, so the Lord has given us a period of time to retrieve something through this movement of what he's done in the world. That period of time was three to four months. What have we retrieved in those three to four months? That's the question for each believer as they come out of this. The people at the back are screaming. <laughs> Bring your own bucket, guys. I don't have one for you. But now if we live there without coming out with a retrieve of something, this is where now it's danger. Because we're not experiencing what was paid for exactly, And the word is definitely retrieved. So I want to tell you that as I was sitting here, I heard the Lord say, I want you to speak about retrieving. All that I did in that time, was it for purpose? Mm. Was it to be wasted? Or are you going to do something about what I did? Yeah. I'm about to quit my job tomorrow. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I remember um, when when this lockdown started, I remember the Holy Spirit saying, now real faith needs to be activated. And this goes along with what Ooh. we shared tonight. Retrieving. There's theoretical faith mm. where we know all the theory of how to live by faith, but then you're confronted with a trial instigated by God where now you have to actually... Live the faith, experience the faith. Where's the money going to come from? Where, you know, where are we, what are we going to do about our health? We have to trust God that this virus pandemic would not touch us. Because mm-hmm. even though we were in lockdown, there was, we still had to go out and get groceries. We had to interact with the community that way. We had to trust God. So we had to put faith in action. But I think one of the things that I'm looking at, I'm going to to retrieve a new level of faith. Amen. That I never had before. Yeah. You know, we can say, well, we're put in certain circumstances now to grow our faith. But God has done a work in this and he wants me to retrieve what work he's done in my life. And so I'm coming to a new level of faith, something I haven't done. Mm. 
But he's put it there for me to retrieve. This is a work of God that's been done in the last three to four months. It's not me, but I get to retrieve it. You get to retrieve it. We went through these things. We trusted God. We held on to God. We need to retrieve that. Yeah. I'm glad that you're bringing this out because as I... I think it was last week. I think it was like the Monday following. I was telling uh, some of the girls, like I, I, I was saying, like I just feel like I'm in a place where this is what I used to do with my faith isn't enough for yeah. what is coming or with the season I'm in. I couldn't put my finger on it. And I kept thinking, oh well, maybe the enemy is maybe just bombarding mm-hmm. me and mm-hmm. attacking me, and I'm getting all this. Mm. Like it That's was, right. it was honestly a fear coming up. Like oh my god, like. Am I doing enough or, you know, is am, am I not catching up with the Lord or whatever? But I just love that you're bringing out this this perspective, Pastor Robin, because it is bringing clarity even just for my well, personal See, we can, we can retrieve the wrong things. Yeah, right. There it is. We there can is. retrieve the enemy's work. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's where these two fears come into it. Yeah. But you've got to recognise from the beginning of this this uh, virus and this uh, shutdown and all this, God was working and is still working. And we, what do we do? Do we work with him? No. We are to retrieve what he was working with. Yeah, wow. Are you hearing me? I am. So he's done the work and what's he want us to do? We need to retrieve what he's done in us and for us and with us. Yeah. Again, going back to Joseph. So you can hit that one, baby. The scriptural example that I take from that is he gave them a reprieve Mm. to retrieve. He sure did. Oh, my gosh. And so when God gives you a reprieve, it's a time to not settle roots in, but it's a time to take the spoils of Egypt. Because the land was not where they were meant to settle. They were meant, they made that their promised land. They tried to make Egypt their promised land. But just Mm. like with your faith, when you are trying to make something that is the promised land, that is not the promised land, there will be a hunger and a desire for always something more. Because you'll never be sufficient. What you have, the enemy will always throw at you. There's got to be something better. Because yes, you're not where you're meant to be. But the Lord gives you a retrieve in that period. But you're not meant to live there. And what I see the Lord saying to me and clear as day is, if I go back into this mindset, now coming into the spiritual aspect of it, if I, after this shutdown... Look at God and call him anything but father. This is no longer trauma. This is a choice. If I go back into orphan mentality, this is no longer because I was rejected and because over these last four months, God has given you reprieve to retrieve all those images that you thought he was. 
Yep. He's been your father. He's been your friend. He's provider. been your protector. He's been your provider. He's been your supplier. Yeah. He's been faithful. He's been everlasting. He's been the one that, you know, changes the circumstance. He's been inside of time and outside of time. And, and he's been our vindicator. Come on. I've got to say, he's been our vindicator and we're retrieving, opening the church up. Yeah. Come on. Is That's that, right. We've got to go beyond just that, retrieving yeah. that. He has set the whole thing in motion. He's built a platform to work on. And are we standing on that platform ready, ready to retrieve all the work the Holy Spirit's done in the last four months? Come on, because I, just the credit to, to you guys as well, just the pastors... Um, had that seed of reopening before the government we did. said we did. they were going to reopen. Again, the word of the Lord is fulfilled. Pastor yep. Robin gave a prophecy yep. that it would be sped up and it would be sped up for the right. church first. Right. Church And first. the church is what's, you know, right. opened up first. Right, because we had, you know, we had a little meeting about it about two weeks ago we did, and yeah. then you were like, you it, said you got from the Lord that it's it time. Yep. It, and it happened. This is what we have to learn it has to be that way yeah. has to be church first mm -hmm. and the overflow goes to others it's always got to be church first always yeah and so can we not retrieve that Ooh, can we not retrieve gee. that <laughs> i'm going to tell you something i'm retrieving this house yeah it's i'm retrieving this it's not something I'm just hoping. I'm retrieving this. The promise. Yeah. He promised me. He promised me that he would give it to me and I'm retrieving it right mm. now and I'm living in it. Mm. You see? Hmm. It's not just a pie in the sky when I die. I'm having <laughs> some good old steak on the plate because I'm on. in the weight. Oh, Jesus. Oh, wow. You know, it's funny because Pastor Tony brought up, I've got these points. I want to yes, add them in. Yes, come on. In. We add your points. Let me put my points so, with your points. So, come again, on. I really feel the Holy Spirit, and this is my personal conviction, but I believe he's saying it to our church. After this coming out of Egypt, if you go back to seeing God as anything but Father, this is now your choice. And I want to say that because he has proven over and over and over again not just through theory, but uh, through experience. He has, he has. His faithfulness. We sang it tonight. This is the story I'll tell. So now you can't go back to blaming God for your problems. We can't, we can't, we can't go back there. We can't go back to Egypt thinking because then we'll go into theoretical Christianity, which is... Uh, Having an answer for everything. I'm not going to go back to having an answer for everything. Right, I don't know nothing. Because this shutdown <laughs> taught me I had an answer for nothing. It seriously did. Whether it was man-made, whether it was natural, all this, no one knows I the answer. Have, no, not no one. one knows, right? The next thing is... This is all the theoretical Yeah, this is the theoretical Christians. These are the points. When Point you fall <laughs> onto your back yeah. Yeah, yeah, rather yeah. than onto your knees... Meaning... Yeah. On your face. Yeah. yeah. You said that tonight, theoretical Christians, when they fall, they fall onto their back, meaning they backslide. Because they never... And I've seen this. I've they seen fall this. backwards. 
I've seen this in prominent worship leaders that have written these songs that have changed congregations, changed my life, coming out on Twitter, coming out on Facebook saying, I no longer believe in God. Yes, I no longer believe beyond. in the Bible. It's too high for my It shows me it was all theoretical. It was never Ooh. experiential. They sung about it, they wrote about it, but they never lived it. Wow. And unfortunately, because wow. of that, they never got to experience yeah. the weight of God's glory when you live it. Mm. Singing songs, it, it was just theory to them. Yeah. It was like singing about a character in a movie. But, but they, got, they never got to know the, the character because personally. Because they're singing about it. This is it. They're not singing in it. Yeah. They're singing about it. It's like mm. from a distance. When you're singing about something, you're from a distance. Yeah. You see, you've got to be in the centre of it to sing it, not just to sing about it. Yeah. And seriously, we have to think about this. What are we retrieving? What are we retrieving? If we are just moving from one thing to the next thing to the next thing and not retrieving as we go, we're not going into the promised land. Oh, my Jesus. Pastor Tony said something tonight. They know of God, but they don't know God. Yeah. Yes. And he said, I got that point. you know, Jesus says to the goats, <laughs> you know, the goat nations, depart from me for I never knew you. Mm-hmm. You know, and that word is intimately, like intimacy. So this whole thing, I just want us to come back to this. If, if, if your Christianity doesn't change from theory now to experience through what God has done, it's not because God isn't opening your eyes. It's just because you're choosing to keep them closed. And here's something that I need to add to that. To Somebody do with bring retrieving. Me a it's the truth. To retrieving means what do I retrieve out of this whole situation with God? Well, the power of God is greater. I need to retrieve that in knowing that. Knowing that, because we've been taught, I've been taught in this last three to four months, the power of God is greater than anything. And he is truly a miracle working God that's brought people through that says, where am I going to get the finances for this? What am I going to do with this? I've got to feed my children. I've got to pay the rent. God moved on behalf of the church and everybody got the overflow. Come on, guys, it's time to retrieve in our lives. Wow. You know, I'm always blessed. I, I just thought about one member that we have, Alexandra. Yes. The way just just her testimonies on the prayer network yes. just shows just the retrieval process. It does, it does. And it's so encouraging to see. I'm going to shout her out because she's hanging with us. Hey, Yay, she's um, there. Right yeah, she, she's here, uh, you know, retrieving she is. words. Retrieving she the retrieval. She sure is. She's retrieving everything. She is. Yes, so I just, I am, I'm, I'm super just encouraged by this word and just everything you guys are saying um, in that. Even, mm. Pastor Robin, that was the point I was trying to bring out earlier, which you said in worship, how they went into Egypt 
with 70 mm-hmm. yeah. and came out with two and a half mil. Bill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mil. Yes. Yeah, million. Mm. Is that, that, is wow, that. Wow, was that retrieving? Yeah, I was just about to say, like, was wasn't that, that your. Was that retrieving? The same as what you're saying now. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. But, but we cry out. We cry Tell out. Tell us what we do because we need we help. We cry out <laughs> for supernatural. And we don't realize that we've been living in a supernatural atmosphere for the last three to four months. I'm retrieving this truth. Yeah. It's a truth that needs to be retrieved. We learn truth. We've learned a lot about truth in the last three to four months. But now it's time not just to learn about it, it's to retrieve it. Oh, Jesus. And again, to bring back... You can hit that one, baby. Hit that one, baby. Quote, unquote, Dr. Robin Kelsey. You can hit that one, baby. My word was about theoretical Christianity and yeah. experiential Christianity. And you know, I think this whole trial has made us become more experiential Christians. It has. It has. We have experienced faith at a level, expectancy at a level that we hadn't. We would not have um, um, produced except going through this trial. Yeah. But that's a retrieving itself. Yeah. We're not thinking now. We're experiencing the power of God. But it wasn't our work. Yeah. There's the key. It wasn't our work. So it's not going from here to here. It went straight from here because it wasn't our work. It was his work. Wow. I'm, as you're saying this, I'm also just getting that visual of... <laughs> Our lifestyle yeah. blending. There, there's really, like you were saying, we were living in the supernatural. There's really no more separation. There's no point of trying to separate the natural and the supernatural now. You walk and live and breathe in the supernatural realm as Christians. Yeah. And I, when you said that, I was just like, oh, my gosh. And that goes, <laughs> that goes with what he said. Again, I wrote down this point because it just blew me to bits. Jeez, he said please. experiential Christians, which is what we want to be, he said, realize that God has the sovereign right to act outside yes. of their understanding. Wait, can I say that again? Can you say it, say it one more again? Let me give you a gem. And then they you say realize it again. that God has the sovereign right the to right. act outside of their understanding. And so a lot of the times the supernatural is limited because we want the supernatural, but we want to understand it. Uh you can't have the supernatural and understand it. Yeah, but you said he has the sovereign right. To me, that means because he did the work. Yeah. He has the sovereign right to, for us to understand, not understand. He has the sovereign right to where we stand. Yeah, that's, it's so powerful. Because the retrieval, I'm getting a little gem here, the, little, the phrase that I'll probably put in a little, you know, jingle later on. Reprieval <laughs> is for retrieval. Reprieval. If you get a reprieval, then it's for retrieval. Wow. So this is important because the enemy doesn't want us to retrieve. No. He wants us to go back, go back to Egypt and go back to living as orphans and victims Always needing a hand out and not a hand up. Ah, amen. You know, and I really, I really see that what Pastor Tony was talking about tonight 
about giving. Can you can you explain that? Because I've never heard a preacher say that God has the sovereign right to act outside of your understanding. And you use Job to say sometimes the Lord is not going to tell you no. what the... Okay, I'm not going to take it out. Go, you take it. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, um, we know that the Scripture tells us the character of God. Yeah. Sometimes we see or we experience circumstances that obviously are contrary to the way God reveals himself in the Scripture. Does that mean that the Scripture is wrong? No. It means that there's an aspect of God that he hasn't explained to us yet. And I use the trial of Job. Job was never actually told why he went through the trial and he was never given an explanation. And there are, you know, and I say this with all grace, there are times in our lives where God has allowed something to happen that he's not going to tell us why it's happening, right? He's not going to explain why we had to go through that trial because he's God. Mm -hmm. Only in his infinite wisdom does he know why he allows these things to occur in our lives. You know, we've had um, close family and, and close um, church members who've lost um, loved ones. Yeah. And we have no real explanation as to what God was doing. But we all ended up trusting God through it. Mm -hmm. This is real faith. You know, and, and I, I, I chose Job because Job makes the statement to his wife and to his friends, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Mm. In other words, he's, he's acting in a way that he hasn't acted in my life before, mm. but I still believe he's being good to me. That's that's a big step of faith. Yeah, that's a that's a big step of faith. That's retrieving. He was retrieving. You know, if he slays me, I'll still trust him. He's retrieving back. You see, and so if we could just get a hold of that, if we could get a hold of it, it would make such a big difference in the Bible. If they had learned to retrieve what God was doing. We wouldn't have had that long, long chapters in Job. We wouldn't have needed that. We wouldn't have needed. We would not have needed the peop the children of Israel going around forty years yeah. in the wilderness and dying off. Can we not retrieve, Lord? Can mm. we not retrieve people what God has done? This is His work, mm. and what is He asking us to do? Just retrieve what He's done. My gosh. Yeah, I think I think like before we go on break, <laughs> yeah. the Holy Spirit just dropped in me what you said, Pastor Robin. Retrieval will have you turning window of oppression into window of opportunity. It has to be. Mm -hmm. Most we'll always look with retrieval eyes for every opportunity to grab something from every moment. It'll transition us from having that window of oppression. And never having insufficiency. To living. Because if we retrieve, we won't go through insufficiency. I need a break. Can I take a break? Can I Amen. take Can I take a break? Y'all can continue talking no, while I, I sit. <laughs> this is Guys, too much. This it's never is too much. Never too much. I Just love riding enough. I have to give this credit to Jenny because one time we were trying to find another way because, you know, quarantine just have you thinking of stuff <laughs> and being bored. Trying to find a way to um, 
<laughs> to suggest that it's too much without saying it was too much. And she pulled one scripture out of Psalms and it had me dying. And I'm going to read it for the people real quick before we go break. Let me see if I remember which one it was. This is in essence in reference to portals. Yes, of them. yes, I know. Um, it was one, it said something about it's, it's too high from my understanding. And I'm just going <laughs> to use that one because I don't remember what psalm it was. But she said it was too high for her understanding. So I'm just going to attribute that to that. It's not too much. It's mm. just too high for my understanding because he mm. has the sovereign oh, right. I like that. To go outside of my understanding. That's good. So, Jenny, wow, that like one's that. to you. Like I'll that. give you a gem for wow. that song. Good and on remind you, us. <laughs> Too high for my understanding. It's too high. Come on. Anywho, we all going to break. Y'all take a breath. Get your buckets. <laughs> <laughs> Breathe out three times. Do I'm whatever ready. you're acting. We'll come back to and activate. answer some questions. We'll come back for the question. In Jesus' name. Amen. Reprieve and retrieve. Renewed mind in right. Jesus' name. Jesus. Retrieve your mind from wherever <laughs> it came from. Okay. Um, no, I, I, I've gotten a word for that. So, of course, I'm not walking that out yet, so I have to work for other businesses. Mm. Right. But my frustration has been that I'm always feeling like I don't fit. And, mm. and I've been trying to give suggestions, even ask for my suggestions, but I keep feeling like I'm putting a vision in this space and it keeps feeling like it hitting like a door. So I'm like, am I, I mean, it hit, it's hitting against a wall. And, you know, I try to reason it out. And I was thinking, well, maybe I need to pray harder that, you know, I get this door open or I get this wall knocked down. But I've just been feeling so uncomfortable in this season because I'm like, Lord, I'm holding on to what you're saying, but I don't know, is it time to move forward? Or is it time to just, you know, does my vision fit here? And I think if I could help, um, this is what I believe the Holy Spirit is showing you out of this. You said, you know, I've been trying to fit my vision to this space. And going back to what we talked about, the promised land, this is not your promised land. Yeah. So your vision is not going to fit. So you got to stop trying to make it fit. And this is where the enemy wants yes. you now to get your eyes focused on what you don't have. Yes. So you won't Come retrieve on. what you do have. Yeah. And so because he wants you to always think of there's got to be something more, rather than taking on that perspective of experiential Christianity, like I'm going to take everything I can from this experience right now because I know that there's something more because that's the word of the Lord. But for this moment and this time right now, there is a season that I'm meant to be here. So a lot of Christians would say, well, you know, isn't that you using people? No, that's people playing their part in your story. Mm. Why did God put your workplace in your life in the first place? Yeah. To be a part of your story, to bless you. Yeah. So that's your work fulfilling its prophetic call to be a blessing to you. So I think it's important because I'm using your example because this is what the enemy does. When we are not meant to settle in a place, yes, come. Tell this me. is where we don't retrieve 
because he gets us to focus by trying to settle in a place that we're not meant to settle oh, in. Make it the gosh. Canaan, make it the promised land. Now our focus is all on I'm missing out. There's got to be something more. This is not fulfilling me. I have this hunger, this desire. This doesn't, you know, wake me up in the morning anymore. So now our, our attitude has changed from, Lord, you put me here for this season. Let me retrieve all I can out of this. Two, there's got to be something more. I need to do something more. So now we move out of this experiential Christianity into theory, which is performance. Oh so now we start God. trying things to perform. Maybe if I do this, God will bless me here. Maybe if I do this, there'll be more vision attached. Maybe I'll want to wake up and go to work this day. But the truth is you were never meant to land there. You're just meant to pit stop there. Okay, but I want to bring something out about... Uh, the condition of retrieving Come on, something. Say this. You know, um, we can make it personal, but let's let's acknowledge first and let's understand what God is saying about retrieving. Yes. You can't us. retrieve something if you don't receive it, oh. if you don't believe it, and if you don't recognize what is being given to you. Oh three gems. My. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. So true. Break so it down, true. please. You gave me three of them. You saw it. Oh, man. So true. You saw it, right? I'd go for it. Hallelujah. Karen just wanted to let us know that she's watching. Are you watching? She's yes. online. Oh, wonderful. Karen, what a wonderful thing. No, no. You can stay down there and watch and give us your comments. Give me your comments. Retrieve your comments. I want to hear your comments. <laughs> Can you give me your comments? Say that again, Pastor. Those three points are so important. You can't retrieve if you don't believe, if you don't receive it, mm. and you won't see it. If you can't, you mm. have to see it. You have to say, yes, I see this. I see this. I believe this. Mm. And look. The other words, it doesn't really matter, but you've got to acknowledge. Yeah, yeah. You've got to acknowledge it. You've got to say, wow, I see what's happened. I believe what's mm. happened. I receive what's happened. Mm. See, believe and receive. And, and what you're saying is that you have to have all three. There's no, you get to have two and... You can, but okay. you see, you know, that's up to you. But you really must recognise. Mm. You've got to recognise. How can you receive, retrieve something if you don't recognise it's there? Crickets. Cricket, cricket, cricket. Interesting. Wow. Ooh, Jesus. I had to breathe out. That one. I'm digesting that one. Let's go to some questions. Yeah, I think we need to, <laughs> that's we a need good one. We need to, uh, I'm sure she's going to unpack that a little bit more, too. These are some good questions, too. All right. Danielle. Oh, Danielle. God bless you, Danielle. God bless you, Danielle. Thank you so much for joining in. Okay, her question is really good. What would be a sign to us that we are lingering in Egypt when we should be moving on? What would be a sign? <laughs> um, comfortability. Mm -hmm. No practical, everyday faith. Uh, not having a, a constant 
um, relationship with Christ as far as revelation is concerned? <laughs> Did I say something funny? No. Karen is commenting. She's liking <laughs> she, and hearting. She's this next generation is right no joke. <laughs> she's asking Siri to write her comments into Facebook and her questions. I think we should. Sorry. All, yeah, sorry. No. I think we should also. See, we, um, Pastor Nate and I were discussing this offline. Yeah. The Israelites were never meant to stay in Egypt. Yeah. But because it was comfortable, mm. they had a good run with Joseph as leader. So what should have been a 14 to 20 year period in Egypt until the trial was over turned, to, turned out to be a 430 year, you know, stay over. And, and 300 of those years were enslaved. They were yeah. enslaved. That's Ooh. right, in slavery. And God, in a way, allowed it because, you know, if, if life didn't get uncomfortable for Israel, they would still be in Egypt today. That's right. And so, <laughs> oh my again, God. sometimes God allows a little hardship, sometimes a lot of hardship, mm. so that you'll cry out to him to fulfill his will in your life. Now, we're crying out for deliverance, mm. but he's actually fulfilling his will. Israel cried out for deliverance, and he, then he could fulfill his promise to Abraham. And so mm. to Danielle, I would say, don't look for the signs that you're comfortable, but if, if you feel there isn't a, a challenge of faith in your life... There Word it is. is challenge. All right? If there's no challenge on your faith at the moment or in, in area, any area, you need to start, you know, seeing the red flags go up. Yeah. There, there mm. should be something that's pushing your faith further yeah. when you're walking with the Lord. Remember, the thing that pleases him is when we're living by faith and he mm. wants our faith to constantly grow. Yeah. And so this is why um, I believe that the Israelites delayed their coming out too long and and because of the five or six generations that went through the Egyptian slavery period, it took a long time to get the slave mentality out of Israel. So can I add something to that? Because there's an argument in the church that, you know, there's two sides to this argument. If you're not a threat to the devil, then you're really not living on the edge of faith. And then there's another argument on this side that says living on the edge of faith doesn't always have to be living on the edge of friction. Mm. So where is that happy me medium? Because you could always, because if you, my, and why I bring this up and then I'll let you answer, is because if we use the enemy to gauge our faith, mm. yeah. That's not healthy either. So, oh, I'm always being attacked, so I must be holy and spiritual. No, I think we come down <laughs> to what Pastor said. He said... Persecution complex. Uh, challenge, challenge. Yeah. But the challenge is nothing to do with the devil. Thank you. Nothing That's what's got to be said. whatsoever to Whoa. do with the Stop devil. Stop giving him the credit. Oh, come on. The challenge, the challenge is to do with me and God. Mm. And that is the key to understanding where you're living. Yeah. Your challenge of faith is nothing to do with the devil. 
don't give him any honour or glory for this. This is a God thing. This is not a devil thing. This is not a flesh thing. This is a God thing. So you're being challenged will show you where you're living. And again, I back this up by saying if you're using the devil, it's just like algebra. It's theory. Well, A, if I'm being A times B, then I'll equal C. No. That's not experiential Christianity. No. That's not the challenge that we're talking about. And then you've got the other Christians that say, well, there should be no friction at all. I disagree. There should be some kind of resistance. Resistance creates strength. I'll tell you that. I go to the gym, okay? <laughs> you can't grow the muscle unless you give it some resistance. Yes. Yeah, okay? Do you know what? When I said before that he meant it for my bad, but God means it for my good, that's a known fact. Yeah. Every single thing is a known fact to do. God, God means it for my good, but the devil's going to always... Always, but I don't need to emphasize it. I need to emphasize what God means it for. For wow. me to retrieve it, I need to know what God means it for. Come on. Wow. 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 That, that question got answered. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> and um, God that, bless Daniel. <laughs> that brought me back to what we were talking about for uh, foundations again, like. Foundation's been blessed in my life. The persecution complex. That, and uh, we were asking, I believe I asked this question about, you know, obedience. And Mm -hmm. does, we were talking about how, you know, God orchestrates and he plans Mm -hmm. and all these things. But the question was, you know, is obedience planned? You know, and you, Pastor Tony, you said no. And it's the same thing, like, if the devil is coming up, like, it's already... Um, I lost my train of thought what I was tying that into. You're, you're but talking about, <laughs> this, this topic comes up a lot lately and that is predestination and, and pre-selection of God with mm. the saints. Mm. It's never God's will for you to disobey mm. off the bat. Say that. Never, ever, ever his will. But because he's outside of time, mm. he, he can see the end from the beginning. So he sees all this disobedience that we choose to do mm. and he's... By his grace, he's compensated through the cross for that disobedience. So we can't say to the Lord, well, it was your permissive will for David to sleep with Bathsheba. It was your permissive will for Jacob to manipulate and lie to his father and his brother Esau. You know, none of it was God's permissive will for the 11 brothers to put Joseph mm. in slavery and, and, and in jail. God never wanted any of these things to happen. He didn't want Adam to sin. Wow. Right? But when you love someone unconditionally, Mm-mm. you have to give them the freedom to choose to love you back. That's a lesson right, right there. Okay? So if someone chooses not to love you back, they are now a free moral agent. They've made that decision. But God, because he's so good and gracious knowing that the result of, you know, doing your will above his will results in death, he's compensated through the cross. Mm. He's retrieved the sinner Mm. from death to life. And so that's why we always encourage people, obedience is, is always 
God's agenda. So you're saying he retrieved this? He retrieved this. Wow, that's a new. Yeah, this is it. This is a work of the Lord. This is not a work of ours. Mm. We can only receive the retrieving. But this is a work of the Lord. He's the one that retrieves. The Holy Spirit is the one that's retrieving for the Father. He's retrieving for the kingdom. He's retrieving. He's retrieving for the saints. And what is he telling us to do? To receive the retrieving. My God. Next question. I'm going to do this one. Our lovely Karen is asking. She's been wanting to ask this one on Portals Live for a long time. Why did God make the devil and does the devil see us? Mm, Well, Karen, God didn't make the devil the way he is. He didn't make him a bad angel, Mm. right? He he made him a good angel in the beginning. And what happened was he he gave his (laughs) angels choice as well. They had to choose right or wrong. And unfortunately, this angel chose to be wrong against God. And that's why he went from being a good angel to a very, very bad angel that we call the devil. Okay? And that's where the word evil comes from. Mm. You take the D off devil and what do you get? Evil. evil. So the evil is the one who's evil. D apostrophe evil. The wow. evil one. Wow, I mm. didn't even know that one, Karen. That's how you get the word devil. <laughs> Okay, and to explain to you, because I know you're only a young young woman, evil is things that go against God's will. Mm. All right, what is evil? When something goes against who God is and what God is, that's evil. And Karen, Daddy, talking here. I believe this will be a very simple way for you to understand. The devil can only see what you don't let God see. Mm. Everything that you give to God and you surrender to him, the devil can't see that. It's not for his eyes. But when you don't give it to the Lord to let him see it, your fears, your worries, your concerns, he sees that. That's Mm -hmm. why the scripture says we commit everything to God. And that means that what you don't, let him see. It's not for his eyes. That's right. It's not for the devil's eyes, sweetheart. It's not for the devil's eyes. Karen's only six years old. She's only six years old, and people. She's asking and she's sitting this in this audience question. and she's really not just asking for the sake. She's really, really, she's been getting freedom because she's been feeling like the devil has been seeing her. Yeah. He don't let you, he don't let him see nothing that he's not meant to see. Okay, does that help you? And she oh, received she's all tears. Cry. Oh, I, can't, I can't. I can't. She she retrieved tonight. She did. To receive it, she retrieved it. Oh, that's beautiful, darling. Uh, wow. Special little lady. Thanks, Dad. Come give me a hug. Wow. He can't see anything that you give to the Lord. Okay? Yeah. Okay. So let's not be afraid. What are you going to say to that? I don't know. 
Well, do you, how do you feel? Lands. How do you feel about that? Good? Say it. I feel good about it. I feel good about it. Good. <laughs> All right, go sit back down there. Retrieve some more. <laughs> That's the generation. Wow, the next generation. Okay. Be happy. Don't be sad. Be happy. That's amazing, Karen. The Lord is not going to let him see anything about you that God doesn't want him to see. All right, this is the next question. What would you say from Sonia to someone who has been a Christian for years but doesn't realize that they don't actually know God? Oh. Ouch. Are you referring to you Snap, personally? <laughs> because He's asking a question. No, no, <laughs> I have to. I have to be He's straight. Asking a question. Let me ask this. Wow. Are you referring to you personally, wherever you are? You are. No, she's not. Okay. I was well, about to say that's good. So it's a general thing because I was going to say you say rubbish to you. <laughs> Because you do know the Lord. Come on. You're just realising how much you know him. What, now say it again. What would you say to someone who has been a Christian for years but doesn't realise they don't know, they don't actually know God? Yeah. They don't realise. They don't realise it. Mm. I don't think it's a matter of what you say to them. You pray that God brings a trial around or a circumstance around that totally blows their understanding of God yeah. out of the water. Not to punish them, but to blow their mind. Yeah. Like something that goes mind. beyond their <laughs> understanding. Something that goes beyond their understanding and, and, and it goes contrary to what their ideology of God is. You know, there, there's a time in every born-again believer's life where they have to be born again again. And, oh. I, don't, and I don't mean the second time. I mean, the Jesus that you first knew, as you grow in the Lord, the Lord doesn't want you to know him that way anymore. Mm. You come to the Lord knowing him as saviour and, and, and he becomes deliverer. But then you grow up into this area where it's no longer what your, your needs are that dominates your relationship with God. Now you've transformed from one who wants to know the Lord Jesus for who he is, not for what he does. So he comes... Breathe it out. And that's a transformation. And I think that comes down to different levels. We can start with the level of knowing God where we are, yeah. but the next time we'll know him further and further. And so really somebody does know until God shows them more. Oh, yeah. And then he shows them more. And mm. then he shows them more. That's and, good. And all I would say, retrieve what he's showing you. Wow. My Jesus. Can I say this to our audience that's watching and who eventually listens? Is the Jesus that you know now Jam. much more gracious, gracious, much more loving, <gasps> much more good than the Jesus you thought you knew in the beginning? Absolutely. The answer is yes, right? Mm. Why? Because you've walked with him and he's shown you more about his love and his mm. character. So the Jesus that you know now is different to the Jesus totally. you knew. It's the same person, but you just didn't know him. Oh, that. my you Jesus. just know him differently. Wow. See? Ooh, Jesus. And, 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 and by the grace of God, it should be like that in a marriage. And I know this is a sensitive 
topic, but the person you oh, first you. marry, by the grace of God, as you go forward and age together, you've become closer, not further. And the person you thought you married, now you know so much more intimately and you're far more blessed because of it. At least that's the, the perfect way it should be. That's the purpose of age, to reveal more. Isn't that right, About honey? the person yeah, that's and the character of God. Are, you are more, more beautiful than ever. You are a fine wine that gets finer I with the time. Would. Anyway. And I would add to that. <laughs> fine, fine wine? <laughs> so you are a fine wine that gets finer with the time. Anyway. I would add to that. Go for it. What you said to you that question. It. Send them portals because we blow your mind. Oh, 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 let's blow your mind. We blow your mind. We blow your mind. Yeah, that. Pasta, <laughs> you get carried away with that. Next question. It's my tag. Vanessa. Cut it off. <laughs> I'm done. Is this, oh, this is a good one. This is a really good one. Okay. Tell How us. do you know you've retrieved everything from God in the experience? You don't. You don't. Just keep retrieving. Oh, that's good. No. There's I, no limit. There's no there's limit. No what are you going to say? How take, much? take, take it all. Let's say this. What are you going to say? Well, in the last four months, he's only uh, done about on, five list. things. Come on. They're numerous things. He's been moving, 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 mm. moving, moving, moving. I can't say how many times he's been moving. It's between you and the Lord. Mm. What he wants you to retrieve. Mm. Um. But one thing I know he wants you to retrieve, his promises. There's a lot of them. I, I think um, Pastor and I also have, have had experience where the Lord has literally told us, you've been around this mountain long enough, move on. Yep. Okay, you've got what, you've, what you need. There's times when the Lord will say to you, you have got what you've needed out of this situation, now move on, yeah. go forward. Yeah. So it's a revelation that you need. It, and, and, and the Lord will make sure you get the revelation when it's necessary. But sometimes we, ju we, don't, we don't know fully what's going on, but he still tells us to move on. Mm. Amen. Okay? Amen. But believe me, God milks the trial more than you. Oh, <laughs> okay? oh my God. That was a punch to the gut. He will make sure he gets what he needs out of your faith more than you. You hit that button. Make no, sure. You get what you need. God, you know what? God doesn't need anyone. He is He is sufficient above all. But I tell you what, He will milk it down to the last seed of faith. He wants it all. To the last titter. You said you sang <laughs> earlier, Nate. Take, 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 take it take, all. Take, take it all. And the last question. I hope that doesn't break your bubble a bit, but maybe it does. It's all right. Bubbles need to be broken. All right, last question before we close up this amazing portal is from Alexandra. And she says, Pastor, can you explain what Pastor Tony would tell you to give God 24 hours? Can you please give examples? Mm -hmm. Okay, when, when a trial comes upon you suddenly, because there's usually a lot of emotion involved, yeah. mm. it's, it's not wise to make a decision 
in that moment. So Amen. I, I usually recommend that, um, you know, people who've had a sudden trial come upon them that needs them to make decisions or, you know, make a response, wait 24 or if you can 48 hours so that you're no longer emotionally, um, you know, stirred. Because, you, know, you know, especially when you hear, like, not bad news, but news that is concerning, you know. Maybe someone's life's on the line or your business is on the line or someone is accusing, whatever. And you want, you, our immediate re, um, reaction is to, you know, knee-jerk reaction. Like, and so when there's a lot of emotion and disappointment involved, wait until that shock is subsiding, Mm. You know what I mean? Because your first response under shock is usually the wrong response. Come so on. I, I suggest, mm, you don't good. have to, but I suggest let's wait 24 hours. Let's see how we feel and let the news settle so that we can go to God without the panic. Mm. You know, have you had a trial where you've panicked? Oh, my God, what do I do? I'm oh, that's to, how we do it. Is, wow. Voice goes Calm the heaven down. <laughs> <laughs> The world is not going to end in 24 hours. And if you're not required to make a decision in 24 hours, give it at least a day. Well, if it is going to end, you're going to heaven. So you don't have to worry <laughs> well. anyhow. She got you on that one. And so that's what we mean by just give it 24 hours so that your emotions can calm down. Yeah. Right? And then... Because you know, there's been many times when we've heard news and our initial response is... Ah! Well, we certainly learn to wait. But after waiting, you'd be amazed, just one hour, how your emotions calm. Well, and you, you know... And, you, and the Lord starts giving you perspective. Like, for instance, you know, when we had that trial with our family in Sydney, mm. I actually drove home and you guys were telling me what was going on. I was not aware of what was going on. And I heard the Spirit saying, this is of me. Mm. Right? But everything around me was telling me panic, pray, panic, pray, panic, pray. But I, I felt something inside of me saying, this, this is of me. Mm. And within a few hours, we mm. had a critical situation just calm completely down where there was good communication, mm -hmm. good responses. The Holy Spirit was taking over. And boy, we are glad we didn't have any knee-jerk responses to what we were hearing. I think we come down to the factor that the 24 hours clears the air. You know, a great example is when someone's, when a soldier's on the front line and there's a lot of things going on, you've got to give it time to see what's happened over the, over the hill. So you got to see, otherwise if you try to do it when there's all mm. that confusion going on, you'll end up doing something foolish. So you wait mm. until it all clears and you can see it and then you get the direction you need where to go. Okay? It's very important to do that. And if you could do that, uh, you won't have this knee-jerk reaction and you won't uh, become erratic in your movements. You, you, you know, you'll be much less erratic and, and, and do something impetuous. That's, I mean, what, that's what Peter did. 
cut off the ear yeah. impetuously. Yeah. And also I want to add the science point of it is the brain because it's my favourite subject. Usually when we um, formulate a response to something that is, you know, presented, we always, our brain will always defer to something that we've experienced before. So if we don't have a previous experience to build the new build response on, on mm. what our brain defers to then is the emotion that we feel at the time. And so that's where we learned and that's where we now fall into living by our emotions. So a perfect example of this is a breakup. Someone's in a relationship. They fall into a relationship with someone, you know, maybe they meet someone and I'm going by the world standards here, like the Hollywood-esque type of picture. So they find this person, they see them and for the next 24 hours, all they want to do is, you know, like call them, start up a relationship. Now, the, the previous relationship was a bad breakup. So they have a bad breakup in their mind. And so that's the formulated experience of the past. So they think, well, well, from the past, this is what's happened. So maybe I don't dive in so deep. But then if they don't have that, they think, well, okay, this is the next chance. So what happens is the brain, I'm giving you the science, is overwired with all these pathways that's when the blood pressure is like now lifted, the heart starts pumping, the adrenaline is pumping. And when you've got so much adrenaline pumping through your system, you're not spirit led. Yeah. You're chemically led. Okay. Wow. And that's the science of it. I like that. And so fear is adrenaline. Yeah. So 24 hours through the process of sleep actually creates a process called neurogenesis in the brain where the pathways of the last 24 hours get recycled, and as you sleep, God's mercies are new every morning. He forms new pathways. So maybe a perspective that you would never have given that situation when you wake up from being in his presence as you've slept, because remember, he doesn't go to sleep. So while you're asleep, he's carrying your burdens and he's working on all those things that never came to the conscious level, but we're at the subconscious level during the day. The sleep brings them up. Now you can get a different pathway because the brain has gone through a 24-hour process of neurogenesis. So you've got to remember fear is that adrenaline, you know, hormone. So if you move based on adrenaline, you're moving based on fear. So 24 hours can dissipate the fear. Science tells us that fear takes eight hours to get out of our body. Those neurological impulses. I've said this on portals before. Yeah, you've said it. So if you are presented with a decision straight away, and there's grace because God will bring up stuff where you do have to make decisions. And that's where you rely supernaturally on the counsel of the Holy Spirit to get you above the adrenaline rush that you're feeling of fear or of jumping in head first. What pastor's talking about clearing the atmosphere. So we say if you can wait 24 hours before making life-changing decisions or before even in an argument, retaliating or trying to, you know, get your point across. If you can let 24 hours sit between, you know, something that happens between you and a relationship with someone, you would be amazed at how much different perspective the Holy Spirit can give you in those 24 hours because the brain starts to unwind and the spirit starts to awaken. Well, I I, I want to end this by saying a decision in haste is a decision in waste. All right? A decision in haste is a decision in waste. And I'll just tell you what what I get from the Holy Spirit and that is uh, if you're retrieving, you won't be wasting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, let the Lord show you 
what to retrieve and what to throw away. And what I get from that is the Holy Spirit's counsel is worth the wait. Amen. We done. Mic drop, we done. Over to you, Shania. Oh, I forgot I had a job up here, child. I was up in here receiving these jobs. She was receiving, retrieving, and reprieving. All the evens. Do you need 24 hours? I do. I need 24 hours. Let this sink in. Let me process my emotions. Because I'm, you know, not Because you're excited about it. I'm excited. Because you're really excited about the word retrieve. It's, it's got a new meaning for you. I'd like to retrieve yes. some sleep time. Is that possible? That's up to you. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. That's up guys, to you. I mean, That's one I, thing that is inexpendable. Go ahead. Well, so I guess we are going to end this portal. Sure you good. guys have had a lot of food to chew on and to retrieve, as Pastor Robin has been saying, Doctor Robin. Are you retrieving, Pastor? <laughs> She's retrieving the hearts I, and the likes. I'm retrieving <laughs> a lot that the Lord. She's not like Ezekiel, do. who presses the angry face. Oh my gosh! Oh, I yes. think what, what, what <laughs> I'm retrieving the love that's coming forward. These there you go. words are very, very, very much loving words. I mean, Fantastic. I've had a hassle with all this, but God allowed me to wake up and see Amen. something bigger in this. Come yes. on. So you've retrieved the like button. Because there was sure one have. point. I sure like have. that like button. Yeah, I now sure you retrieved have. it yeah. with a, a like of love. People are putting up hearts and, <laughs> you know, the thumb and saying this is it. for real. This you need a blow real. your mind so button. Maybe we should contact we really Facebook. We should. So it, it's really important <laughs> that uh, we end with this one word, what the Holy Spirit has really, really challenging us on. And that is what he said tonight. We had ideas. We knew where we were going to take this, but that word retrieve opened up a portal yeah. into the heavens. Wow. It did. Truth is learned, so retrieve it. Come on. I mean, after this, let me just... <laughs> All the listeners out there. Thank you. I, I literally have no words to retrieve at the moment. <laughs> Um, but no, this has been a, a very great portal. Is it anything, Dr. Robin, that um, anyone could... I mean, like when we usually record our portals, you always give an activation. Is there an activation led with this, maybe even in a practical sense? I know last week we were challenging our listeners to write down the ways they know God is the Father for mm. them and not just over the things he's done, but his character. I think that uh, maybe the um, activation would be something along... Or charge, that's the word. Uh, I like the activation right. to do with the memorial stone. Why don't we have a think about in the next 24 hours all the things you thought would never, could never, would never be possible? And let the Lord show you wow. the God of impossibility in these 24 hours. Just think on that for 24 hours. Think about, well, I never thought this could be. I never thought 
this could be. Write them down if you feel that way. And then let the Lord show you. And maybe you'll see time to retrieve. Amen. So <laughs> I love these isms. Change a shoulda, coulda, woulda into did, doing, done. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. All right, guys. You have now listened or retrieved Portal. Come on up here and let's just have you come out. And dance us out. Dance us out, darling. Can you dance us out? She has a pant. Her jammies on. Ready? One, two, play that track. Ready? Let's go. Do a dance. Come on, do that. Retrieve and reprieve. Can you do that? Receive and believe. Oh, oh. Don't buy or deceive. Oh, oh. Retrieve and reprieve. All right, I need to retrieve my life because it's gone. This is going to be a good one. All right, Jingle? No, not for Portals Live. Oh. That is kept for Portals. Don't retrieve that from this because you ain't getting it. Yeah, put your hands down, Saints. Put your hands down. You can join us. Goodbye, guys. We love you. Go retrieve from all that God wants you to retrieve. We will see you again shortly.